Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, this week, I found out that my Kevin Bacon number is three. <gasps> That's an excellent one. That's like halfway. I know. Tell so me how you a, got there. I was in a movie with John Turturro. Mm-hmm. Who was in- what else is he in? He's the butler in Mr. Deeds. Okay. Yeah. He was in Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Right. Who was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. I just don't remember which one. Nice. Have you watched The Secret Window? No. Okay. I wanted to and I haven't watched it. That was in- Same. But that is excellent. I love that. I love Kevin Bacon and I love his wife. Um, that her name just surpassed me kira sedgwick <laughs> kira sedgwick yes yes um because i just finished the closer and she was in a new movie with our boy what's his name god bless you know the one f- no from no but from him like scrove the other one the main one. Oh, bill skarsgård yes got it they were just yep. in a movie together i think last year um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, surprisingly, where Kevin Bacon's been interviewed. He just ends up on a lot of the podcasts I listen to. And he's just like the greatest human being. And he like really digs, like he's really into that six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Oh, for sure. He loves it. He loves it. And I love him. And like, I was like, I could find people that I have met that would probably be closer, but I decided to go with like my actual number based on work that I've done. So like film mm-hmm. that I've worked on. Yeah. And that would, hmm. but even then, I mean, my number is three. So. Right. Maybe I'll find my degrees next I mean, week. I'm probably the one person not connected to him. I was like, have you been in a movie or a TV show? No. I mean, I've technically, done, technically. I work for the music publishing where we've had right. TV shows. But also, like, technically, your number could just be four because you do this podcast with me. And my oh, that's is- true. <laughs> right. So, like, it's it's pretty easy if you connect through me that you're just one degree farther away than I am. I'm going to see if I connect through others. Because I've met, you know, I've met people like. Right. Well, that I did grammar. Surely he's met Kevin Bacon. I might be two degrees away. But also, I've people that I've met, I can find a way to make it smaller. I just decided not to go that route and be, like, legit. But like um, I, me and I, Andy are BFFs. I met him three times in one week, and he recognized me by the third time. So I think he would count. We're besties. Um, unfortunately, all the celebrities that I'm actually friends with are in weird niche things that would not actually know Kevin Bacon. Yes, I bet Andy Grammer does, and I know his manager. I talked to her. We became friends because I was talking to her about becoming a manager. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. Um, I mean, yeah. Heidi Klum is basically my sister-in-law, so. What? <laughs> Heidi Klum is married to Tom Cowlitz, whose twin brother I'm going to marry one day. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Yes, that connection I follow. <laughs> um, well, speaking of celebrities, that's also my news for this week. Mm-hmm. Um 
So I know I talked about my birthday and staying out till 4.30 in the morning um, on last week's or last Sunday's episode. This only comes mm-hmm. out three days later. Um, and we went to this bar called John Sullivan's, which is an Irish bar in New York City, because that's where I go now, um, apparently. And uh, they were like, what's open till 4 a.m.? I was like, an Irish bar. And they're like, okay. So, okay. <laughs> so we go to John Sullivan's and we're just like sipping on some beers, hanging out. And this really weird guy comes up to our table and starts telling us that he's a filmmaker who like worked with Jennifer Aniston. And he, I'm like, I will be shocked if he has done anything important in his life at all. And so he's telling us all this. And so he's like, you know, I like y'all. He's like, I'm going to buy y'all a round of drinks. He's like, come help me grab them from the bar. I was like, okay. Cause literally like I could almost reach out and touch the bar. So we're like right there. I was like, okay. So I get up. And then like we get to the bar and there's these two guys sitting there and he's like, what? They like turn around because we walk up behind them. That's what you do. And uh, (laughs) one of them looks like Jared Leto so much. And so this guy says, he's telling him, he's like, well, I'm buying. He's like, oh, it's Jared Leto. He's so drunk. His name was Siegfried. I don't know if that's his real name, but the bartender called him that too. So like (laughs) it was when he kicked him out. Um. And so he's like, Jared Leto, he's like, I'm buying Jared Leto's drinks. Jared Leto's going to buy your drink. That's when I knew. I was like, we're not even getting any drinks. So I'm just going to go away now. But uh, he kept bothering our table and then bothering fake Jared Leto and his friend. And we ended up becoming really good friends with the, the two guys that were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, their, their names were Andrew and Toje. I do know their real names. But uh, the guy who looked like fake Jared Leto lived like a block from where I used to live in Brooklyn. And... Now I told him he'll always be fake Jared Leto to me. Perfect. Um, oh. One time my students were asking me about, this is a couple weeks ago, they were asking how I felt about the casting of the Mario movie. <laughs> and I said that I just find that a little disrespectful that Charles, the voice of the actual Mario characters in the video games is only in the movie as a cameo and not as one of the characters. And I was like, which is just stupid because he's the nicest person in the entire world. They were like, wait, you know him? I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah. I hung out with him one time, like at a Comic-Con. He was really cool. Talked to him for like a half hour. He's super funny. Love the guy. Coolest person I've ever met. And they were like, oh, that's so cool. And then we watched West Side Story. And so one of my students was asking me about the cast of the new West Side Story. And so I pulled up the cast because we were talking about it because they think that the guy from the 1960s West Side Story is hotter than Ansel Elgort. So we were looking at the cast of the new West Side Story and I go, hey, I think I know that girl. And they were like, what? I go, it was, I was like, it's just one of the ensemble dancers. She's like, not anybody in the movie, but like, I, I know her. And they were like, weird. Then the next day, my, one of my students pulls, brings his Chromebook over to show me this pic, this video of the real life Peter Griffin. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, I've met him. And they just go, is there anyone you don't know? They got so mad. They were like, every time we bring up a famous person, you know them. And I was like, okay. But to be fair, you know, the most obscure famous people. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know Beyonce. <laughs> you you guys all just happen to have the same weird niche interests that I do. Right. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the voice of Mario, a guy who dresses up at Peter Griffin for Comic-Cons and a dancer in a movie. Like, that's not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
children. Funny, their their scope of the world is mm. yeah so interesting. Well, uh, I do not have a good segue because there's nothing related <laughs> to what you said <laughs> about our show, but. <laughs> week's episode six of dead like me and i do not know the title because i forgot to look that up um i think i took a picture and i didn't didn't do that i was looking it up and got distracted welcome to my life um but it did get a 7.9 out of 10 rating which is one of the higher ones it's called yes. my room. It's called is, my room, which is hysterical because of the ending of the episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I thought it would be something about bowling, but alas, it is not. Um, but well, this my, episode, yes, my, sorry, yes. my foot is asleep. <laughs> Could you fix yourself? I don't so know. I don't know. All right. Keep on. Keep going. All right. Be strong. And uh, so this is episode six called My Room. It had a 7.9 out of 10 rating, which is one of our, I think our third highest one, because I think it was 8.4, 8.2. And then this one. No, um, four was 8.0. Oh, okay. Yes. So it's fine. Um, and it was 43 minutes long. And the blurb on Amazon says, in order to teach George a lesson about taking her role as a Grim Reaper more seriously, Rube sends her on a difficult mission. And um, that's true, I guess. Um, So the director is David Grossman, who... um, I decided to just screenshot his credits because there's about a thousand of them. He has done so many things. Um, he's done Lost, Weird Science, Mad TV, Buffy, um, Angel, which is the spinoff, so obviously, CSI, Malcolm in the Middle, Ally McBeal. Um, what else did I put? Uh, Why Women Kill, which is new. Mm. Um, in the dark which is new those are so like it's not like he ever quit he just keeps making big things over oh, and yeah. over and um so he's great i like the things he's done before i like this episode so i'm into yeah. him uh the writers were the same as episode four it was brian fuller harry victor and danny fesman now um, is brian fuller brian fuller is just listed as because he created excerpt. Oh, yeah, he's, because there's yeah. scenes from mm-hmm. previous episodes. Got it. Right, right. So he's just got an excerpt credit, but he's listed as a writer. And then Harry Victor and Danny Fesman are like the main writers. They were yes. also from episode four. Um, and this episode, we get a new cast member, which is fine, I guess. Um, her name is Laura Harris, and she joins the cast as Daisy Adler. She's known for some fun stuff um she's known for the film the faculty which have you ever seen that movie i have not so i watched it for the first time a couple years back it is such a weird movie but it's like one of those like cheesy horror movies 
it's really it's really interesting also sorry um, it's just her name's not my last name's not adler it's adair it's daisy adair oh my no, bad because that's the way she says it she's like it's daisy adair oh gotcha yeah my bad guys it's fine. um it's also my cousin's last name is adair so maybe i should have noticed but that's fine <laughs> that's okay um it's all good um she's also been on 24 and uh another stargate she was on stargate atlantis for a bit maybe just one episode but it was one of her later credits i just thought it was she played noel that means anything to you it does not to me um i did you do you see i'm I'm pulling it up okay um also right right um this episode also comes out like the 23rd ish or something and her birthday is november 20th so happy birthday come out wednesday the 24th the day before thanksgiving (laughs) oh happy thanksgiving also i guess happy thanksgiving friends um yep i know what time is Oh, and, no, she was really in one episode of Sorry Atlantis. That's why I don't remember her. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I was like, it was one of her like credits pushed back that I yeah. recognized. So I was like, I don't know that she was in a lot. Um, so this episode came out on August 1st, 2003. The number one song was Still Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay Z. And the movie, number one movie, was American Wedding, which is oh. one of the only American Pie films I haven't seen. <laughs> I've only so. seen American Pie 2. Is that Bandcamp? Or is that... No, that's separate. It's American Pie 1 to Bandcamp. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen all of them, but Wedding. And I haven't seen the new one. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what you need to know going into this, this episode here. Um. So I just start right at the beginning with the theme song again, because I keep listening to it every week and I'm like, what does it remind me of? And it's been driving me crazy. Um, It reminds me of the theme song to Sex in the City. Yes. I did not know it. It's been bothering me for weeks now. And that uh, is fair. And I think maybe because they've been talking about the reboot. Um, that's going to be on mm, HBO that I've been true, thinking about true. it more. And so it just came to me. Um, yeah. So we start this episode with a bang. Um, God bless. Uh, Reggie and her mom are outside and we see a, we see a bird flying around. It turns out it's the, the taxidermy bird from a, yes. a few episodes back that George is just throwing like a paper airplane and Joy <laughs> just doesn't know what to do. So she's just there. She's um, just hanging out. Yeah. And uh, then we get over to to George and she's poor George. She's missing Betty as we all are. Uh, and uh, sorry. We, oh, yes. quickly before we get into the episode too much. I just wanted to say I went to go look to see if the composer had any connection to Sex in the City to see if that's why it sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Stuart Copeland is the composer for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not compose the music for Sex in the City, but he did compose the scores to the movies She's All That and Good Burger. 
Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? I loved that movie. A dude, she's a dude. We're all dudes. That was one of my favorite movies as a child. Um, we I meant to, to, to look up this. Closer. We used to go to Blockbuster every Friday, and we mm-hmm. were allowed to get two movies. And ninety nine percent of the time, we would get Good Burger and Hocus Pocus, and then we would go back on Friday and get new movies. And then the next week we would get Good Burger and Hocus Pocus again. <laughs> Those are not bad, bad choices. I Those are not bad so. choices. Um, I did not watch Hocus Pocus this year, which feels like a sin, but I watch it usually like four or five times a year. Um, but they're currently filming Hocus Pocus 2 in Rhode Island as we speak. And they look exactly the same. I know. It is insane. All right. Um, back to the show we're actually talking about. <laughs> um, so this is where we meet uh, Daisy Adair. And I did list her name as Daisy Adair in this part of my notes. I don't know. I took all of these notes at the same time. So I don't know what happened. Um, and she is the new Reaper. She is uh, from South Georgia. And it is very clear that that's where she's from. She's from Marietta, Georgia, to be specific. Um, so she's got her Southern charm attitude, but she's not really good at hiding her uh, disdain. She's I what one might call a raging bitch. Yes. She's also what one might call a Southern belle. I believe they are one in the same. Most of the time. Yeah. Okay. I hate her. Not a fan clearly um so we've met her now and after she's been very rude to the waitress and she joins their little motley crew and we go back to george's house well not like her home now but her mom's house mm-hmm. and her mom this is where we see her dad again for the first time since episode one i think two and uh, in the second episode too okay and this is where it's clear they're trying to make a uh gay storyline for him but they don't want to put him in the show so we just get pieces of him (laughs) and joy is bathing and drinking her wine as i don't know how that woman doesn't always have a wine glass in her hand she's like she needs a wine glass every day she's got a lot going on um you probably also do but my note is in about the scene is joy is my favorite human she's excellent and she's just like keeping it together with her glass of wine and her bubble bath she's like she's she's like so um oh you're home that's interesting because i don't ever see you anymore i'm basically a single parent of a child who's a fucked up traumatized hot mess and you won't even pee in the same bathroom as me somehow i don't think i'm the problem here which is fair She's not. I mean, does Joy have some hangups that she needs to deal with? Absolutely. Of course. We but all is do. her husband a horrible human being who is abandoning her to take care of their daughter who is clearly not coping mm-hmm. so that he can mm-hmm. bone a college student? Also, right. yes. Right. And, you know, it's fine if he wants to be in a different relationship than he currently is. But you 
don't get to get rid of your parenting relationship. That's not okay. And you also have to tell the person you're with that you're ready to be out of the relationship. There's a few steps in between that we skipped and that's the problem. Yes. Um, And so now we start what is a very big issue for George this uh, episode. She's monologuing about her apartment and being home and who but Daisy comes over and is moving in. She says Rube sent her over for a few days and it seems like she's never gonna leave. And um, now this whole situation, which mm-hmm. will continue to escalate and we will, I'm sure, talk about it again. Yes. But this situation is exactly why I no longer, as an adult watching the show, identify with George. Because as a kid watching the show, I did identify with George. Mm-hmm. Mostly because she's the main character and you kind of just do. And right. I, I understand her and I want to care about her. I mean, and I do care about her, but I don't identify with her because immediately I would have shut that shit down and bitch slapped that girl for talking to me like that, coming into my space like that. Like not a chance would that have happened in my apartment? No, not at all. I mean, I would have, to be fair, I would have let her stay because I would feel bad that she doesn't have anywhere else to go, but She's not going to take over the whole place. No. That's not going to work. No. I will offer her a glass of water. She can sit on the couch like she is a guest, like she is. And I will make her a place to sleep that is not my bed. And all of her shit can stay as far away from where I need to be as possible. Right, right. She can live out of one suitcase that goes in the corner. The rest of that shit outside mm-hmm. in my way. That apartment is not big enough. Absolutely not. No, no. And uh, this is also where we learn, maybe, how Daisy died. She says she died while filming Gone with the Wind. And there's a discrepancy here because either she's lying or it's an error in continuity from the writers. Because she, we find out later, let me look up the exact date. That her death was in Georgia, December 13th of 1938. Whereas all of Gone with the Wind was filmed from January to June of 1939 in California. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. When when and where was it filmed then? It was filmed in Georgia in 1938. It came out in 1939. It was filmed in Georgia in 1938. So this person was wrong that gave me these, this information. Correct. Well, forget all of that then. <laughs> Sorry, no, it was, it was, I mean, Daisy, there, the, parts, the parts that were filmed in California probably were filmed from th- that time period, but I gotcha. all of the on-location stuff was filmed in Georgia mm-hmm. in 1938. Mm-hmm. That is accurate. Interesting. Well, you need to go fact check IMDb I sure and let will. them know they are wrong. I think there's an edit button somewhere. There is. Excellent. You do, once you um, press edit, they want you to log in and create an account, though. So that's why I've never edited it. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I have an account. You could use mine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, the on-location filming in, in huh. um, Southern Georgia was in the mm-hmm. winter of 1938. Well, thanks, IMDb, for nothing. <laughs> that was not the first time I checked IMDb on this podcast. I am 
glad you did because I did not fact check that at all. I just decided they were correct. Um, it's just that that's one of my favorite movies, and so yes. Well, it's also my Mimi's favorite movie, and so maybe I should know more, it, but I didn't because I've watched it a lot with her. Um, it's I an once, excellent film. I once not- started it at midnight. We did that. We did a um, watch of both the first and second one um, in one day. And we started them like really late in the day. So I think oh, we like ended both, up both halves, both halves of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I started, so yeah, we, I watched the whole four hour thing, but I started it at like 12 1 a.m. No, is there not? Maybe we watched something else too. Oh, maybe we watched The Godfather that day too. Maybe that's like one gone with the wind it just is four hours and there is an intermission i think we started godfather that day too because we started in like the afternoon and we didn't go to bed till like 3 a.m so <laughs> good times good times good time. that's my childhood childhood times um so then we're back at joy's and uh Joy is questioning Reggie about what she's been doing at school because she learns that she has not been going to school. And uh, Reggie just keeps lying. She's telling her about crafting day. She's telling her about gym. And Joy's just letting her because she just doesn't know what to do at this point. And look, I get it. Sometimes you just have to be like, okay, that's fine. I know you're lying, but I just can't fight with you right now. Well, but also and like you saw her, she was, she was pumping herself up. She was revving herself up. She was like, I have to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What do you want for breakfast? I know. I was like, she's going to say it. She's going to tell her. And then she didn't. And I was like, yeah. all right, well, look. Yeah, but I was like, I relate to that so much. Cause they'll be like, I'm going to confront him. I'm going to, I'm going to. How was your day? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel that some days you just don't have it in you. Your wine looks blue right now. I'm sorry. That was no, my wine glass is blue. It's a TARDIS. I love it so much. It says I'm, it says I'm about to get wibbly wobbly. Oh, I love it. Okay. Sorry. That was way out of context, but I did not notice your wine looked blue earlier. (laughs) So (laughs) caught me off guard. Um, all right, so then George is trying to get ready for work, but stupid Daisy won't get out of the bathroom, even though she has no real responsibilities in life, and George needs to brush her teeth. And so she's asking Daisy, she's like, what do you even do? And Daisy's like, hmm, today I think I'm going to buy the New York Times and then go sit at the corner coffee shop and hang out for a while, and then I might take a soul later. And I was just like, seriously, you can't let her brush her teeth? And you're just like hanging out I just like so inconsiderate she's so inconsiderate so not a fan um and then we go right back to Joy and Reggie and uh we learn where Reggie's going when she's not going to school because Joy follows her to the toilet tree (laughs) she follows her straight to the toilet tree where she just sits down to read a book which I had never heard of the book um it was like something magical fairies and i never heard of it yeah. and uh so she's like this is the end. like you could just see how badly joy needed a glass of wine and a break in that moment yep her face was just like i just don't know what to do 
And then we go back to happy times. Is that what it's called? Happy times? Happy time. Yeah. Happy time. And um, we have another Dolores Jim. <laughs> She's telling. So uh, George is complaining about Daisy being there and not getting any sleep because she like didn't have a pillow and all of this. And Dolores tells her, you should get a body pillow. I got one when I thought I was pregnant, but I wasn't pregnant. It was just the cyst was, I, but it was just a cyst. And then she's like, but I have the body pillow now and it's excellent. It's like, you don't know when, how, when to say words. No, this is not that conversation time. But in this scene, we also learn about the happy time cobras. The happy time cobras, which is a name that was chosen for their bowling league team name. Yeah. And um, um, bowling is the one thing that really, really drives Dolores. Yes, we learn she is very petty and vindictive. Because the, the words that come out of her mouth when talking about bowling <laughs> are not Dolores words. They are not. And one of her teammates that I do not know his name is trying to offer up suggestions of other people to bring oh, to the so, team. Yeah, so one of the people on their team is getting moved out of the company. So they mm-hmm. needed a replacement on the bowling team and they're filtering through potential bowling partners. And she hates everyone. That's what I've gained. Yes. They have all done something to her to wrong her and she does not want them on her team. So that's fine. And that's fine. Is this the same conversation where she says that it's not about how well you play the game. It's about karma. Yes. Yes. I was like, I don't, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's how it works. Dolores. Um, Nope. I don't think that's it. Um, But then we jump to a lively discussion at the diner where uh rube is displeased with his eggs and (laughs) he just like the whole time i was just like laughing at him i was like how why is this so and he's just like super chill he's like i like scrambled the chef comes out he's like i like scrambled i like fried i like poached he's like i do not like these these are not good and And the chef is like getting heated he's like um so the problem is either with the chef or the hen who are we gonna blame and the chef is so mad he's like eh, we'll blame the hen <laughs> it's like you went through this whole thing this whole elaborate thing about how terrible these eggs were how much the chef needed to know and then you're just like eh, we'll blame the hen it's fine it's not your fault my favorite thing about rube is that even in his um hatred of something he's so nonchalant about it i like, love it he's just completely unfazed by everything even when it's completely phasing out. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he's been through like gazillions of deaths, all kinds of hard things. He's seen it all at this point. I'm sure nothing does phase him anymore. Like, ugh. but next up, apologies again. This episode just skips around like they tend to do. So we're just oh, going for it. In this yes. scene, when he's complaining about his eggs, the rest of the team appears and Daisy comes in 
And Mason and George are already sitting on one side of the booth. And instead of moving Rube's feet or sitting next to Rube, she squeezes into the booth with Mason and George and then just continues to just act like she is the fucking greatest shit in the world. And my note just says that says that she's infuriating. and I cannot take it anymore. Yes. And then he has Rube assigns George and Daisy to a rape together. And George is like, I don't need a babysitter anymore. He's like, no, I know but she does. Yes, clearly. Clearly she does. I don't know how she made it on the Reaper team because uh well, but also we don't there's something about her that we don't know. Because I mean, she, obviously. Well, obviously, there's a lot about her that we don't know. But in the right. opening scene when we first meet her, she says that she got transferred from New York and they asked mm-hmm. why she got transferred and she gets real awkward about it and was like, that's not what I'm I'm not going to talk about that. So she clearly fucked something up in New York. Yeah. Enough. But she came from Soho. So she lived in like a fancy area, which is fun. I mean, she definitely looks like someone who would have lived in Soho. So can't say I'm shocked. I drove through Soho once to see um, the Chloe and Courtney Kardashian store. Mm -hmm. But um, it specifically says on the outside of the store that if you're not planning on buying something, you can't come in yeah yeah and then i guess i can't come in because i'm too fucking broke to afford your stuff right there's an excellent thrift store and bookshop thrift store that are connected to each other called housing works over there and um it's excellent and affordable so that's the only thing i like over there that might be in tribeca though now that i think about it so disregard (laughs) Um, so now we get to what should have happened to Reggie six episodes ago. <laughs> Finally gets into therapy because Joy just doesn't know what to do anymore. And, um, this is where one of my favorite quotes happens this episode. I would like to read it to you. Oh boy. <laughs> Reggie says, I was told there would be cookies. She says, Reggie, she says, Mary went to a shrink. And she said that there are fake Newtons and hot chocolate. And doctor, the Dr. Hanson says, I'm sorry, Reggie, we don't do that here. And he says, well, what do I have to do? Set my house on fire for a snack? And I was just like, she is so traumatic. I but also it. I say things like that all the time. Right. <laughs> so. No, I, I love it. Um, but then the shrink does um, what somebody needed to do a long time ago. And it's like, um, ma'am. I think things would be a lot more productive if you left the room. Right, right. And so at this because point, turns out another... in a shock to no one, Joy is uh, not handling the death of her daughter very well. Yep, yep. Shocker. Yes. And uh, so she gets sent back to the, the waiting area and we have another crossover of storylines as a who but rube walks in and just sits down and starts talking to her trying to find his next soul and uh i mean he knows who she is right but he's trying to find his soul so he's asking her like about the doctor and everything and she's like it's a children's therapist and she he's like yeah it's for my inner child 
I was like, out of everyone on the show, you are the like you would be the last person that I would say has an inner <laughs> child coming out. Like, it's like, what are you even talking about? Oh, but boy. this is also where there was another error in continuity, um, or a goof, I guess. Uh, when he goes to look at the names on the list to find um, whoever he's looking for, bless yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Bless you. Thank um, you. He uh, goes to look at the list to see who's been admitted because he needs to um, take his soul. The name Lass is never listed on the admitted or on the, the roll sheet. I mean, they, they do in. only show like the next three names or like above. So it could be that she just was the fourth name, like that it was off screen. But yeah, you would think it could be. be a, you would think that you'd be a little closer. Like, if there's only one doctor there, you would think that, like, she would have been one of the last names already listed since. But but is there only one doctor? We don't really know for sure about that. Because they're in, like, well, a... Yeah, but when he said Dr. So-and-so, and she was like, you mean Dr. Hansen? And he's like, yeah. Like... I just... I But, again, that could just be, like, her being, like, that's... You know what I mean? Like, there could that's be more true. than one. Yeah. Like, so, no, it, it could be... Mm-hmm. There are ways to explain away the plot hole, but that doesn't actually mean that it's not a plot hole. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I love when he starts talking to her about uh, the dancing in Nigeria. And he's saying that like they dance, they dress up as uh, their relatives and dance and it's always a happy event. And I was like, this is the sweetest thing. I was like, I love this so much. And this is just a side note, but I think every other country handles death better than we do. And I wish we... I would say not every country. Okay, well, maybe not every country, but like a lot of them. Yeah, no, I agree. Like countries, especially like smaller, like African tribes and the way they celebrate Mm -hmm. death and like the whole circle of life thing, I think is really beautiful. And like Mexican Uh, families and yeah, no, I would say I, uh, I don't particularly like, um, some of the Asian celeb cultures, like the way that they handle death, but a lot of that has to do with like the whole, buddhism part to it because they're like so unattached to people in the afterlife like they don't they don't believe that there's any reason to keep them in your mind because they are just Mm -hmm. somewhere else kind of thing right right like i've had kids like students when i was teaching in thailand i had students who like had lost grandparents and i never saw them upset about it like it just was a like they were just like oh yeah my grandma died and like it just was a fact it wasn't an emotional thing yeah and that stresses me out i'd be like are you okay <laughs> yes. and they're like why wouldn't i be like they, the concept of not of grieving just isn't how they handle it yeah mm-hmm. but i feel like some of these other like places they don't necessarily grieve but they do like like express emotions still i guess like they don't yeah. go through like like we're just sad and then it's over and then we're just sad. Like there's nothing, there's something else. I mean, we have a funeral, but it's like. Well, I think that also depends on, on how uh, people like culturally America doesn't really do that. Right. People yeah. can do their own things. Yeah. I learned this is, I'm sorry, we've gotten so off topic, I but I it. learned that uh, in Ireland, when someone passes away, 
they sit with the body for like family members sit with the body in like a different room for like 24 hours Mm -hmm. and then before they bury them or however they you know do and uh because one of the the women I work with she's was telling me she listens to she listens to true crime stuff too so she was listening to a true crime podcast at like 3 a.m while she was like sitting with her uh grandfather I think that passed away or maybe it was her father I don't know and she like her phone was dying and there was like no other like there was no outlets to plug anything (laughs) she was panicking and I was like that is like I I think that that's nice that you sit with your with your dead relatives but that also sounds terrifying right I mean like no like anything yeah I mean like it's also like people individual people do different things like my family like my grandpa died 11 years ago and um he before he died he and my grandma used to always like they drove cars for a living like people who like snowbirds who like live in New York in the Mm -hmm. summer and then live in Florida in the winter who like flew down my grandparents would drive their cars back and forth for them like that's what their their jobs were and um so whenever one of them would be like out on the road and there was a full moon, they would always like call each other and like talk about the moon. And so now ever since my grandpa died for 11 years, every time there's a full moon, we all talk to him. Like that's the thing. Like my, oh, grandma, I love sits that. Out, my grandma like sits out on her back patio every full moon and just has a whole conversation with him. That's so nice. So like it's, it's not culturally a thing in America, but that doesn't mean it doesn't right. happen. Yeah. I guess my whole family's Catholic. And so we just followed all of that and it's just (laughs) sad but also I would like to be the opposite of a snowbird I would like to be here when it's winter and leave when it's summer because I it's I don't like heat I don't like sweating I don't like the sun I'm just not a fan I'm freezing it (sighs) snowed today I know I'm so jealous Michigan got snowed too so Rachel got her first snow my mom it snowed yesterday was the first snow in Buffalo, but in Niagara Falls, we're farther north. We don't get the snow off the lake. So it snows later here than in the city of Buffalo. So we didn't get any snow yesterday. And I was like, everybody keeps talking about snow, but we don't have snow. But today I was at work and I was in downtown Buffalo for work. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of work and I go, and then my mom looked out the window. She was here, but it's actually did start snowing up in Niagara Falls. She looked out the window and it was about the time that I'd be driving home from work. She was like, oh, Eric, it's going to be pissed. And I got, home, I, said, <laughs> I got home and I was like, I quit. I don't approve. She was like, of what? I was like, the snow. She was like, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. See, that's one thing here. I don't have to drive in it ever because I don't have to drive. It's just that people don't know how to drive in the snow. Like people act like it is... Like, there's no reason to be going 10 under the speed limit in the left lane just because it's snowing. Like, what the fuck is that? No. Yeah, no. It's the same thing with rain. People don't know how to drive in the rain either. Yeah. Um, also, things people don't know how to do is a kind of a segue. Um, make a normal way to die in this show. Really? My, literally, my next note says, why is every death on the show more ridiculous than the last? I, I just don't understand it. I was like, how does this death even happen? I just like, he's putting in a water cooler and he slips on a water that the graveling, is that what they're called? Gravelings? Yeah. Like drips some water on the floor and then he slips on it, throws it up in the air all dramatically and like knocks it up. And then the 
spout of the water bottle goes into his mouth and like drowns him. And I was like, I thought it was gonna like impale him. I thought it was. Like, I thought it was gonna land. Head. I thought it was gonna crush his head. Like the whole yeah. thing land on his head. I thought that too, and I was like, this was not my guess. I would no. have lost money if I made a bet. That's not what I would have ever said. And now we've made it to the bowling team, and she is uh trying to. So Dolores really wants to recruit george for her bowling team she's she would really like her to be on the team and as soon as we walk in she has this like really quick flashback to being in the bowling alley um as a child with her mom yeah but that's all we see and um i was just like at this point i was taking my notes and i was like i thought she was just gonna like nail it she was gonna be the best out there everything was gonna be fine and then she just puts the ball down and leaves and i was like Okay, well, it was very anticlimactic. I really wanted something more to happen. And uh, my next line just says, I hate Daisy. <laughs> I like, I just don't understand. They're back home. And she does this whole dramatic scene about not having any friends. And George starts feeling bad. And then turns out she was practicing a role. Oh, no, there's a scene before that. Oh, yes. There is a scene before that because um, George is talking to Rube and he, she's complaining about Daisy and she doesn't know what to do. And she just like feels like Daisy's just trying to walk all over her. And Rube says yes. one of my favorite lines in the show. And he says, she thinks she's someone and she senses that you don't. And yep. George was like, that I don't think she's someone. He was like, no, that you don't think you're someone. I was like, oh. and I was like, and no, and I, it was so true because I, that was the moment where I realized that that's why I don't identify with George anymore. And I did when I watched the show when I was younger, because when I was like 15, I didn't think that I was somebody. And now right. I'm fully aware of who I am and what my value in the world is. And so like, that's why somebody like Daisy would never funk. I would never function in a world where someone like Daisy could walk all over me because I fucking know exactly. somebody and like right. that, that moment of George being like, George, no, like the problem is you, she knows that you don't think you're somebody and that's why she can walk all over you. I was like, mm-hmm. <sighs> I know poor George. I mean, she's, why did she have to die at like 18. 15 or 18? I was like, how old is she for God? No, she's 18. Why did she have to die before she like knows anything about the world? Now right. she's just stuck in this. If body I forever. died when I was 18. Oh, God. Right? My 18-year-old self was so sad. My 18-year-old self just didn't even know anything. Nothing about the world. Mm-hmm. It was rough times. It was fine. I was okay at 18, but it was fine. And so now she goes home ready to prove that she is somebody and JD she is, is ready. And Daisy is a hot mess. Only she's wallowing. It's all fake. Very Disney princess style, throwing herself on the bed. Yeah. And uh, wailing and crying about all of this. And uh, not even getting her just, lines right. Right, right. And it uh, turns out that uh, she's acting. And uh, then she says she's trying to get. 
George to practice her acting skills now. And she's like, say this. Can you say witches switch swatches? Witches oh, switch swatches. We're combining two scenes. Okay. Because the witches switch swatches. No, no, no. Because the, okay. Because the Rube scene and the angry dramatic scene happen after. The first time she goes home and she's like, I thought we were yes. going to like switch off the bed and she was like you can't speak and like let's practice your addiction and then okay goodbye good night that's right george was all bummed and then the next day she talks to rube and rube's like no stand up for yourself and then she goes home again and it's like yeah right right um we mashed a bunch of scenes together yeah look they all ran together a little bit anyway so it happens Again, it's hard um, with a with a sitcom-y type show where there's like all these interlocking storylines and like cutbacks to things. It is hard to like not just put them together in the scenes that like in the yeah. storylines they happen with. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of storylines, we're back to the bowling one, which is so fun. And uh they've invited Russ to be a part of their team. Sweet Russ. And it turns out. He's getting a, so he goes to get a, a bowling team tattoo because he's got three other bowling teams he's on that he also has tattoos. He says, for. apparently he's a very good bowler. And he yes. says, I temp at three different places and they all have bowling teams. <sighs> that was like the saddest thing I think I've ever heard. Could I was you imagine? Like- could you imagine being like, I only have friends because they know I'm a good bowler. And I have to have, th- I have four jobs now and then I bowl at all of them. <laughs> what? Do you death, eat dinner? Death was a sweet release for Russ. It was, it was, <laughs> it was. And he went out in a, a rock and roll way. Guy came in with a gun and shot up the place. And uh, the thing is, uh, I thought so. So Mason takes Russ's soul, mm-hmm. and then the tattoo artist has the needle like uncomfortably close to Russ's like neck vein. And I yeah. thought that they were going to show us some nasty, nasty stuff because I don't do. I was ready. I don't do neck vein stuff. That mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. eyeballs and your arteries in your neck like those are the two that like, right. are just off limits for me because of one episode of Grey's Anatomy where Seth Green's vein was too close to the skin and it ruptured and blood poured out of his neck and then I was like yep nope never again never again so those are the two that are like no mm-hmm. so I was like oh no 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 I can't watch and then he walked outside and this guy the guy who shot <laughs> up the tattoo place was fighting and the reason he shot up a tattoo place was because he had a, t- a tattoo of an iris on his butt cheek, but his girlfriend's name was Lily. And she was like, it's okay. I can change my name to Iris. And he said, but then we won't be Willie and Lily. I was like, what is this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's like me saying, you know what? I'll change my name to Carrie Kate. And you stay Mary Kate. And then we can be Mary Kate and Carrie Kate. <laughs> I actually know someone named Carrie Kate. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting name. I just, I, I didn't know what to make a middle name rhyme with Kate. 
(laughs) (laughs) No, there's an actress in Buffalo named Carrie Kate. Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) I will not steal her name then. She can keep it. You can be Mary Kate and Carrie Kate with her. And uh, perfect. Perfect. I don't know what you're going to tattoo up though. So, Russ is dead. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, so Millie goes back to the office to sleep there because she just can't sleep. I assume that's what she's doing. She doesn't say that, but it's 10 p.m. And Dolores shows up and she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, uh, finally. It's like, I just couldn't go home. Yeah. So now Dolores has decided she is just that George is just torn up about Russ's death. And George is thinking about how she'd like his cubicle because it's bigger than hers. But... Dolores is just having a breakdown. She's talking about how she took the duck figurine or something off of his desk so she could keep it. And now George needs to take a souvenir. He's like, you just keep something that reminds you of him. <laughs> and George takes his monitor squeegee. And, she's and like, Dolores loses it. She's like, that is just so Russ. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about Russ now. He's temping at four different agencies. On four different bowling teams. Has a tattoo of every bowling team he's on. And squeegees his monitor. Right. With his duck figurine. And uh, Maybe Russ is the character I relate to most. Maybe. Maybe Russ is more us than we know. I want to know more about Russ. Too bad he's dead. I know. It's such a shame. Such a shame. (laughs) (laughs) so she goes through this whole thing with Dolores and she realizes that figurines can mean more than she thought so she takes her little creepy Frankenberry guy Frankenberry guy and leaves it on her mom's porch and little Reggie sees her do it and goes and gets it which we'll see later but now we're back to bowling again because this whole episode's just about bowling, essentially. Yes. And uh, I am all for. Yes, because Mary Kate, I was the captain of the varsity bowling team my senior year of high school, which is why she's just like Russ. <laughs> no tattoos though of of bowling teams. No bowling team I, tattoos. I totally would get a tattoo of my bowling team though. We were the I coolest. Believe that. I believe that. What was your name? Oh, Holy Angels. That was my high school. Oh, it was name. a school one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a school bowling team. I've yeah. never been on a uh, like a league bowling that was not through a school. Uh, right. Did you win? Uh, my uncle does. Uh, yeah, we did. We were good. Do you have a pretty bowling ball? No. Ugh, such a bummer. I did have my own ball. But then my fingers got fat because I was mm. also bulimic in high school. And you aged. Right. 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 That's fair. So, I mean, my fingers aren't particularly fat, but they're not um, the fingers of a 120 pound child. Exactly. Exactly. Makes a big difference. Um, so. so now George is bowling with Rube because they've all, they all love bowling now. I don't, I don't really know. And um she's just hanging out and she's like thinking about it and rube this is where another um goof came in this one is a goof and uh 
they so rube like bold and he had one pin left and so when you see him oh but then his next ball was a full set again right and it should have been a spare yeah and it was not um but i didn't notice that because i wasn't paying attention but i did read it and i was like ah that is true oh but this so this is the scene where they have the conversation about what Broob says about she thinks she's somebody because he said, do you want to be a bowling ball or a bowling pin? People like yes. Daisy are bowling balls. They knock down everybody in their way. You are a bowling pin. You're just waiting for somebody right. to knock you down. She says, I'm not a bowling pin. I have knocked somebody out with a bowling pin. Did they deserve it? It was my little sister. So no, but it's not <laughs> like out of the ordinary. I see. I'm with you. I follow. Okay. <laughs> glad she survived um i I didn't hit her in the head i just hit her with it oh good good i immediately went straight to the head i'm very glad that's not what you did i was very surprised no one dies by bowling pin in this episode that was like missed opportunity also the the inside of bowling pin like bowling lanes when you go in to like change the pins that's a terrifying thing i was watching an episode i was watching the episode of undercover boss with the guy who like ran all the bowling alleys that shit was it looks terrifying. I wouldn't like it. It's so much bigger than you expect back there. But it's also so much smaller than a human being should be crawling into. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so now we go back to Reggie and Joy. And Joy's finally helping with Reggie's therapy. And uh, they're going through George's things. And we learn that George got second place in the mother-daughter bowling league or mother-daughter bowling tournament. championship i don't know tournament it yeah was a, it was a bowling tournament and um they got second place and they would have gotten first place but george deliberately messed up mm-hmm. the last shot so i put turns out she's like a bowling prodigy which isn't a good um a claim to have i guess i don't know much about bowling but that's good for her there was this girl who went to middle school with my sister and then she went to one of the other high schools so I had to compete against her um in bowling but she at my sister's eighth birthday party scored a 300 perfect game oh yeah how dare she she's the sweetest person in the entire world (laughs) it's really hard to hate her but like I hate against her oh I bet she's what I had a person like that when I played tennis that she was like so nice and better than most people and she always beat me and I was like I can never be mad at her because she's entirely too nice and she deserves everything she gets in life (laughs) it's such a shame when you can't be mad at those people um oh so the next scene was when she yelled at Daisy okay yeah we've talked back on track um so now Reggie's unpacking all of George's things to put in her room and she starts and we see the Frankenberry figure in her room and her mom comes in and she's like, oh, we were just going to unpack a few things. And Reggie's like, why, I did. She's like, why have you created, turned your room into a shrine to joy? Right. And she's and like, I'm like, not. I didn't. It's my room. Right. And uh, then she starts acting like George did as te- and, her teenage self. And I wrote teenage rebellion plus trauma equals a hot mess. Absolutely. 100 percent you know but then she, she slams the door and on the door there was um a sign that used to be on george's door that said george's room keep out and she crossed off george's name and wrote reggie's yep so 
she's going to become even more of a hot mess. That's fine. Um, and so since, since, oh, this was where another thing came in. And uh, so we see the sheets on her bed. She had gotten out of the box. They used to be Georgia sheets. Those are in the in comforter and stuff. That's the same bedding set that Daisy bought and put on George's bed in her apartment. And George didn't react to the fact that she had those that bedding before. And it was the exact same one she had in her childhood. Room. I thought they were different colors. I they think they were both similar, simple. but I thought they were different colors. Maybe I'm wrong. I think so. I read this on IMDb, so who knows if I'm right or not. But I do think they were both purple and looked similar. They were both purple. So, yeah. So interesting. Um, I'm guessing they were just like, we're going to Target today and we're getting the same bedding for everyone. So we can we don't have to worry about buying different bed sets. That's what I'm gonna bet happened. <laughs> um so now we are leaving George and Joy and Reggie to their trauma and Russ has died so now we have no we have no hope for George but to join the happy time cobras so she does and she has flashbacks and a whole life flash memory monologue where she compares her death to standing there like a bowling pin and realizes she's avoided living her entire life. She never made friends. She never tried in school. She never did anything for herself. And she's like, you know what? I'm dead now. I'm going to become a happy time Cobra. And she throws the ball and gets a strike. And she lets herself win, finally. And they win the game. And then she says, I felt something I'd never felt before. A hand cupping my ass. <laughs> And she, the people who are holding her from behind are the creepy guy from IES who was bitching with Dolores earlier and Dolores. And so she's like, I think it's Michael. I hope it's Michael. (laughs) Then she's like, oh, wait, but the other thing that I feel is like being alive. Right, right. Which is good for her. We we have a turning point for George, which is nice. Yay. Yay. Happy ending. Yay! We did it! <laughs> so here are, if I didn't cover them all, goofs and plot holes and such. Um, oh, during the flashbacks with Joy, she uh, she's wearing a pink shirt in the first scene, and then when we flashback again, she's wearing a blue shirt. So they did not keep her consistent in her clothing. Um, also in the flashbacks, George's younger self has blue eyes, whereas George has brown eyes. So, I hate I hate when they do that, when they're like, the child actor who's the closest thing we could get to looking like this person has a different color eye. I'm like, I don't care. I, so I don't care. here's also the thing about that. People are sometimes born with blue eyes and then their eye color changes. Actually, everyone, and I don't know. No, everyone's right. eyes are blue when they're born. And then their eye color changes. Right. So I don't know. It's usually before you're like, I think it's within the first three years. Yeah. But I was like, is it also possible that it could be later? So this wouldn't matter at all. 
you know so I mean my eyes are like hazel so they change constantly but mine too my my eyes are like a blue gray but it depends entirely on Mm -hmm. what I'm wearing and what color my hair is and what color my makeup is like what they look like exactly so I was like I don't think that this is a great goof but I hate I hate eye color goofs because like Mm -hmm. Daniel Radcliffe's eyes are green and Harry Potter's eyes are no Daniel Radcliffe's eyes are blue and Harry Potter's eyes are green and that's a continuity problem but it's because they tried to give him colored contacts and he got an eye infection yes yes so like leave the poor child alone right right and uh so the last thing I have are the references they reference Gone with the Wind as we've mentioned and Iron Chef um just in passing it was not a very important quote it was just in passing um and that's episode six so uh who would you want to punch in the face daisy thousand percent no question no want to punch daisy in the face absolutely um so who's your mvp then i think george for uh finally turning a corner Yep. Yep. I'm proud of her for that. Uh, I think I'm going to go with joy. She finally got Reggie into therapy and she is sure trying her hardest and not having a whole lot of understanding of what's going on. And she's just doing her best. She is. That's the thing is she's kind of frustrating. And I think that she's like not recognizing her own hangups, but I do think she really is just trying her best. Right. She just doesn't know where to go from here. But, uh, it's like how how do you how do you ever know how to go from losing a child? I I I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's not a thing I've done. Nope. Me either. So, yep. I have had a former student die. So that sad. was really really rough. Yeah, I had a close friend die. And that was rough. But uh, it's not quite the same still. No. So, I mean, again, I we have, yeah, we just straight down. It. We just tanked straight it straight down. We were doing so well. We were like, so happy well. death. Happy time, Cobras. If you had your own bowling team, what would you name it? It would depend on who was on the team with me, really. What if it was me? Well, we would need two other people and Caitlin and Rachel. Caitlin in Montana. Okay. There. Here's the thing. Caitlin is the odd man out in that group. Because if it because I, I love her dearly, but if it was you, me, and Monty, something about being drunk and people being murdered would make <laughs> the most sense. Right, right. Fair. But but Kate doesn't quite fit into that niche. <laughs> no no she just died how did kate end up with all of her best friends being fucked well she ended up with you guys by accident and then brought me to you so but like you just replaced me into her spot right like she was like here courtney you go be friends with mary kate and montana because they're fucked up and i don't know how i became friends with them she's like you make more sense in this group (laughs) (laughs) but it's good times i've also i've also um met nancy i get along with her we talk about true crime too when i go to disney so uh 
all of the Disney and uh, true crime go together now. True. So excellent. Um, I'm terrible at naming things. I've been working on a book for a year and haven't named it. It's still untitled. So like, I'm not the one to, to, to name anything. I'd just be like the bowling team, the strikeouts. The dumbest thing. Um, the striker strikeouts is baseball. That's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> on a different another note, sport I don't know very much about. Anyways. Um, on a different note. I found these shirts that I really want to buy, but they're all really inappropriate. And it's things like that say things like, first of all, eat a dick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one said, you can't always be the sharpest tool in the shed, but you could always be the hoe. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then my favorite, the ones that me and my um, my posse at work, we want to all get for ourselves, say ready, set, or on your mark, get set, go fuck yourself. I like that you have a posse. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just me and Teresa, who's my best friend at work and my friend mm-hmm. Nate, who I went to high school with. And then we happened to end up working together. So we've known each other for 15 years and um, nice. we just hate everything together. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Such good times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, we brought it back up. Yeah. And uh, as we do sometimes. You can follow us on all of the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. That it? Yeah, I think that's YouTube. It. Oh, well, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, all those Facebook. things. But like social media wise, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all that's uh-huh. left. MySpace is dead to the world. True. And um, I don't know how to make a LinkedIn for a podcast. I bet I could do it. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, we're there. We are death and aliens. You can follow me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. You can follow me at cecloud 13 And we hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving if you are celebrating in the U.S. Um, if you are not in the U.S., um, this is, it's, I'm late because this podcast is going out on the 24th, but it is filmed on the 14th, so I'm not quite there yet. So, Suksan Wan Loi Kratong, but that is on the 19th, so I'm late. But happy Loi Kratong to all my friends in Thailand. I love you. Excellent. Happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating. We hope you have a wonderful time. And And if you um, see real snow, send it to us. Me specifically. Yeah. Because I'm I'm ready for snow and I don't know when I'm going to get it. If you have pretty snow, you can send pictures to me because the snow I saw today was not pretty. Mm. But um, have a lovely Thanksgiving weekend and we will see you all on Sunday. See ya.